BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Let me take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Maybe. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. Everybody's asking, this is a dynasty. It's been a dynasty. Kansas City with the world champs. Can I get a hell yeah? Run it back. Oh, yeah, what's up? It is PFT Live. It is a Thursday morning. Mike Florio is having some technical difficulties, so we can have fun with that when he gets back. You know, it's what happens when you do a show from West Virginia. You can't necessarily get all the things lined up the right way, so he'll be with us shortly. There's just a problem with the microphone, the connection there, either way. But hello to everybody watching on Peacock, anybody watching on Sirius XM, Sky, the podcast listeners, what's up, everybody? And, yeah, you saw a little clip there right there of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs celebrating. Uh, again, I find the Chiefs so so fascinating and what they do and how they are as a team how they've been accumulated a little bit there with Kansas City. It's different, in my opinion, than any other dynasty we've seen. You know, and I'm officially, that's right, calling it a dynasty, what we're seeing out in Kansas City. Yeah, it might not be the greatest dynasty ever, but three Super Bowls in four years, winning two of them, five AFC championships, I think it's time we do that. And to me, what's cool about them is it's a collection of personalities. It's a little different than, you know, the Steelers and the Chuck Knoll and that way of life, and we're going to play this way, or 
you know, even, of course, the New England Patriots, you know, everybody's a robot. We're going to, you know, do the greatest game plan ever, and we know how to execute it exactly the right way. Uh, I know we had the – it's more like the Cowboys almost is how I almost look at this team and this dynasty. Yeah, and let's check out some of the other moments we, we had from the parade. I mean, first off, this not only is the MVP, but this guy is, uh, this is where I wish Mike was here right now. He's kind of an MVP of beer chugging. I know that. I've seen the guy. He can throw it down in a hurry right there. He's got Matt Nagy in front of him. But uh, that's why I love the team. I do. I, I think they got great personalities. They're not afraid to share who they are. They wear it on their sleeve. They're not trying to be political or always say and do the right thing. You know, they do the right thing because they're good people. But uh, that was fun yesterday, watching them interact with the fans. You see Isaiah Pacheco here doing a little dance in front of the crew. It's a good city. Mike and I walked these streets not too long ago when we were out there for Chiefs-Jaguars. And uh, it's the perfect city, really, for a parade. It, it lines up very easily. It's an easy, walkable city. And then, come on, this might have been the video of the day. First off, the pressure. You got to pee in the porta potty with fans around you. Then you come out and you get a cheer. You do an awkward little dance because you're feeling it and you've had, you know, a few course lights. I hope you used hand sanitizer. That's all I'm going to say. Even if it's not, I would have stuck my hand out, too. I mean, I would have. I don't care. All right? But yeah, this is another great one. Hey, yeah. Hey, look. Let's take a picture. I'm going to be silly. I'm posing. And then this is the all-time. Just gives the guy the trophy and walks away. I was like, yeah, good. See you later. Now we got the Travis Kelsey part of the... The demonstration here, and you know this is going to be fun. And what I mean, first off, how much money did Bud Light pay him to wear that Bud Light piece and chain there? He was wearing that all day long. That must have been a, a nice little check. Yeah, Creed Humphrey, that old line. They got a little shirt, zero sacks. They should be proud of what they did. A lot of hype around that Eagles defensive line going into the Super Bowl. They ran the ball on the Eagles. They protected pretty damn well. Yeah, zero sacks. There was a few pressures, but Mahomes was healthy enough to avoid that. Still a phenomenal day there by the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll talk about it more when Mike gets here. But, uh, again, I think it's a, a special football team. That's a special day. For the city of Kansas City, or the city of Kansas City, that doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth, and uh, they should be celebrated. They should. You know, as I've said to Mike, the one thing that I think jumps out to me, and, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful in any way with the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're a team that I look at and go, they've played in three Super Bowls, and you know, in totality, and I think if we went through position by position, I don't think they were as good as the Super Bowl 54 opponent of the San Francisco 49ers, but it was close. I'm not saying it was some crazy mismatch, but they find a way to win and make big plays in the biggest moment of the game. You know, They play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not at full strength of their football team. They don't play their best game. You know, even within that, drop passes, penalties, all types of mistakes. They get dominated in that Super Bowl by a team, again, that I think if we went down the list, we'd go, well, I think we'd take more Buccaneers players, more Buccaneers position groups than we would the Kansas City Chiefs. And then 
Again, this is one of one of the better Kansas City. I, this, this is one of the best complete teams Patrick Mahomes has had around him the last few years. And still, they you know ran into a team in Super Bowl 57 that uh, it really is one of, the, I think, the more impressive rosters in football in the last 10 years. And I know we've discussed this a little bit, but again, you go through the players, the position groups, we're certainly going to take more Eagles. But... Great. This is what's awesome about football. A great quarterback, a great game plan, and then executing at your highest level in the biggest moments. And maybe the other team doesn't, you know, quite reach their peak potential of performance in those big moments. And I think that's fair to say. Not that the Eagles, I don't want to say they choked or anything like that, but I think they'd probably watch the film and go, yeah, we did some things that. We hadn't done all year, or we could have done a little bit better in this football game to win it. Either way, the Chiefs just take advantage of those moments, and they're the the ultimate get-it-done team. I've, I've never seen a team like the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah, for my money, I guess what I'm saying is it's it's three Super Bowls. They've won two out of three. And uh, what was that, Courtney? Go ahead, talking to and then, uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of a lot of stuff here. Mike Mike is in the process. We're getting that fixed here with his microphone. We had a little problem yesterday, so we had to reboot the system. There was a little delay from when Mike would hear me and, and when I would actually talk and when actually he would hear it. But uh, let's hear more from the Kansas City Chiefs parade. Great day there. And let's hear more from the man himself, Patrick Mahomes, as he gives a, a few speeches to the crowd yesterday. Before we started this season, the AFC West said we were rebuilding. I'm be honest with you, I don't know what rebuilding means. In our rebuilding year, we're world champs. We're world champs. I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. Yeah, that's right. They're having some fun. Uh, you know, Mahomes, I've seen some social media videos of him. And, you know, I can't wait to drink 100 beers when he's in the locker room after the game celebrating. He's a pro. He can throw him down. You can see he can handle himself, too. That's what I'm more impressed with. Speaking pretty clearly. Could tell he's got a nice little buzz working, but... He's not stumbling or stammering over words or anything like that. Uh, a great leader. Uh, and again, a guy that I think is just not afraid to be himself. And that's a guy that's just a gym rat, loves football, has passion for all sports. That's what I love about Patrick Mahomes. And I mean, I, that, that was something that you know I don't think I realized or even Mike realized. And he could speak to this when we come back. We're going to take a break here in a few minutes. But... Uh, that that it was eating at them, the disrespect the Chiefs felt like they were getting in the offseason and training camp. You know, I knew there was some of that there, but the way they talked about it when they got in the playoffs and, you know, just the attitude and some of the things I heard when I was there for the week of the Jacksonville Jaguars game, you know, there was a chippiness, sure. And then we saw that, you know, not only in the Jaguars game and their ability to kind of come together and go on a big 98-yard drive in the biggest moment of the game when the, the stadium's deflated because Patrick Mahomes is hurt, but then to answer the bell against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, 
The Bengals are usually the team with the chip on their shoulder. No, not this time around. Kansas City had a bigger chip. And then to go into the Super Bowl, you know, I think they felt like they were disrespected. Everybody was picking the Eagles. And you saw that, yeah, they were bothered by all the preseason talk. And again, I don't know what the hell everybody was talking about or thinking. I did really, did everybody think that Tyreek Hill was the guy that made the Kansas City Chiefs? Are we that fickle that like one interception in an AFC championship game in overtime and all of a sudden we think the best player we've seen in football over the last five years isn't the best player? And it was because of, you know, Tyree Kill, the cheetah, who's amazing. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I understand that. I think we all are, are the majority underestimated the character, the championship heart that guys like Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid all have. And it is amazing. And to you know, piggyback off of what Patrick Mahomes said, for them to win the Super Bowl with one of the youngest teams, I believe it's one of the five youngest teams in football right now, if I remember that correctly, for them to do that in a year where most thought, uh, you know, this is a playoff team year, but they're not, they're too young, immature. They're not going to a Super Bowl. And they're certainly not going to win a Super Bowl this year. Man, it just tells you how special they are as an organization and being led by Patrick Mahomes. All right, we're going to fix this issue, little issue with Michael Florio down in West Virginia. We'll be back right here with PFT Live right after a break. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yes, I'm here. I'm still not 100% sure. What a morning it's been. I went from being in a great mood to being in a not great mood. Apparently due to some technical issues that aren't my fault. I heard you, Sims, trying to blame it all on me being here in West Virginia. Everything worked fine yesterday until somebody started whining about being a delay in the line. They definitely fixed the delay. There is no delay. Microphone doesn't work. That's a way to cure the delay. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good, Mike. Yeah, well, yeah, the delay wasn't great either, though. I mean, it wasn't good with uh, you know, me, me talking and then a three-second delay when you heard us. But we'll deal with it. 
Well, I was always funny with the zoom camera because your head goes like two times bigger than it is with the great camera. Yeah, I lean back a little. That's right. Uh, but we'll get it done. That's all right. Yeah, I took some shots at you. What'd you think I was going to do? Just let you go for free there? Like I was going to let it just skirt by? Of course I took some shots with you. I didn't do anything. <laughs> you I just showed up. Well, show up earlier. Show up wait, m- wait. earlier than no, 658 no. and 39 it seconds. Matter. It doesn't matter because it's 15 minutes after 7 and the thing is still broken. I would have been here at 645 and it'd still be broken at 7. So it ain't on me, baby. It ain't on me. Like All I right. said, they, they Hey. I think we got a new technology uh, anger management uh, candidate over here. I think it's official. Uh, I don't know I, what it is. The, uh, I've been hanging around you too much. <laughs> this, I, I usually I usually reside in the world of serenity now when there's technical issues, mainly because they rarely happen to me. But today, for whatever reason, I went from zero to 100 the moment that that uh, we had those great shots of the parade, and I couldn't chime in. You know, Patrick Mahomes going into the porta potty where everybody's surrounding it. First of all, I, I got to admire the guy. Maybe he was drunk enough that it didn't keep him from peeing. But walking into a porta potty, knowing that there are hundreds of people waiting for me to do my business and then get out, I don't think the bladder is going to open up for me. That's too many people. Well, he's for me to do my business. He's Patrick Mahomes. He's a little better in the clutch. I think that's one thing we know for sure. <laughs> Whether that's in a football game or uh, standing over a toilet, that uh, yeah. So uh, you're right, though. That was a pressure packed pee. I do, I do hope they had some hand sanitizer in there. You know, a lot of these porta potties these days do have hand sanitizer, so that'd be good. But uh, I don't know. I, I'd probably still shake his hand even if he came out of there without any hand sanitizer. I wouldn't care. And I'll tell you what, not that he had any other alternatives with all those cameras around, but to me, a porta potty is always the last resort. A porta potty is the most disgusting thing that I could ever enter. Even though those chemicals do a nice job of neutralizing any odors that may be objectionable, I have a mild case of PTSD from being in a porta potty right before the New York Marathon after thousands of people were in the vicinity and using those things for hours. And I, I, you know, went one last time before it was time to go start the race. And that thing was not good after all that time out there in the elements being utilized by the runners. So I avoid those things whenever and wherever yeah, I can. Well, I'm, here, I'm with you there. I don't want any part great. of it either. But, you know, sometimes you got no choice and you just got to do it. But uh, those are probably at least, like, been placed there in the, the last, like, 24 hours. So they're probably not too gross and dirty. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's not the choice of uh, – it wouldn't be my favorite choice, that's for sure. I wonder. I wonder how many beers he had yesterday. And uh, look, I. I mean, it's it's a tough balance because you don't want to endorse or encourage binge drinking. But on the other side of the equation, they they deserve the right to have a good time. It's just you know, I, I, I again again I got no problem with it. But when you see guys chugging beers and it's piped out and kids are watching, it's not like kids don't see it otherwise. They're just. We at least, I, I just feel like there's just something about it. Like you had a 12-year-old kid, you know, everybody's emulating Patrick Mahomes and he's getting drunk off his ass. I don't know that, you know, and again, he deserves it. I, I'm, I'm conflicted here. 
I'm conflicted. I know. I think it's funny, and I, you know, drink in moderation, and they won the Super Bowl, and they're allowed to have a good time, and yeah, you know, I just don't want. I just want a 12 year old to go get a 12 pack of Coors Lights today, and you know, down them all like Mahomes was. I mean, there's a limit to the extent you want the kids to do what Mahomes does. So, but, I know. but we know it's, it's one of the rituals of winning the Super Bowl, and it's part of the spoils of victory, and. And again, it's uh, it's all this is a guy fun. That, and you know what? It's, 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 it's right. It checks every box, as I've said all week long. Right. I would take him over any other quarterback at their absolute best. And when you go through that grind, you're allowed to let your hair down and have some fun. And that's what they did yesterday. I still, I still, and I guess there were enough naysayers out there when it comes to the Chiefs that they can, with a straight face, say the haters doubted their ability to make the playoffs. And I think there were some people that thought. The Raiders or the Broncos or the Chargers are going to catch them. We weren't among those. No, we weren't. So it's fair to us. We never even had an organic, legitimate debate on the question of whether or not the Chiefs would be a division champion or Super Bowl contender. We both picked them to get there. I picked them to win preseason. I think you did too. Yeah. So if there's haters to be found, they don't reside on this program. We believed in the Chiefs, but if you're looking for that motivation, you're not going to pay any attention to those who believe in you. You're going to pay attention to those who doubt you. It just would be nice if in their process of calling out the doubters, they would acknowledge the fact that it wasn't universal and there were people who believed in them. They're so obsessed with sticking it in the faces of the haters. Yeah, right. They, they they take for granted those of us who believe. Yeah, no, and we, I mean, we're believers. We are. I think, you know, one, they're, they're, we just, we're believers in the people that are in that building and they have something magical about them, kind of what I was talking about, you know, when you were trying to fix your little issue. I'm not doing anything. No, I'm I know, but I, I know. They're trying to fix your issue. But, yeah, there, there's 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 a magic about them. And that That's what I think is, you know, unbelievable about their football team. And, you know, I, I think that we, we were believers. We are believers that they're the kind of team that, you know, even after a win like this, they relish it and it actually takes the pressure off. And I think they can be almost, you know, more dangerous next year. I don't think they're the kind of team that's like, Oh, we won the Super Bowl. Let's kick our feet up. And uh, th- I do think this is a, a motivated group, and they have fun doing it. It's not as a grind and a stressful environment, maybe, as we've seen with other dynasties. That's kind of why I was kind of comparing it to more like the Cowboys. Uh, but, but yeah, Mike, but we did have a lot of days where we were sitting there in May, early June. And we were opening the show with, are people crazy? Or do they really think that Tyree killed not being there? Like the Chiefs are going to fall off? I mean, we definitely had some segments during the offseason where you and I were like, I don't get it. And I don't get why everybody else thinks that they're just going to fall off. Yeah, maybe not as dangerous, maybe not as explosive. But, you know, that was the part that I think they felt chippy about. And then, of course, the Bengals talk and... You know, it's their time and burrow and all that, I think, just added, you know, gas, gasoline to the fire. Well, and the Bills were the offseason darlings. They were the ones who were the Super Bowl favorites throughout most of the downtime. Josh Allen, the MVP favorite, not that Patrick Mahomes cares about regular season MVP. He's made that clear. Now he's done it twice with the MVP twice with the Super Bowl MVP, and he knows which one is better and which one makes your legacy and cements it. But there was just enough of that. And 
they overcame the Bengals somehow, and they're still going to have to deal with Cincinnati. They're still going to have to deal with Buffalo. But when you consider this going forward, the Patriots went 10 years between number three and number four. And the Chiefs are still working on number three. I don't see the Chiefs being anything other than a high-level contender for as long as Patrick Mahomes is there with Andy Reid. Now, there will be a transition whenever Andy Reid does retire, and he has made it abundantly clear that whatever that was that bubbled up on Sunday wasn't anything along the lines of him considering walking away like Bill Walsh did after Super Bowl 23, which kind of built late in the week before the win over the Bengals to cap his third Super Bowl victory, and then he was just gone. Why would Reed leave? That's something you and I have talked about. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You were out there. There's no stress in the building. They're very relaxed. They haven't figured out. They've got a great organization, culture top to bottom, reloading with young players that they draft and develop well that make a difference. Free agents that are just out there and available for anyone to sign, like a Jarek McKinnon. He was available for anyone to sign. Last year, 2021, late in the season, he landed with the team, did well, and then he was available in the offseason. Somebody could have snatched him up. Nobody did. He's available. They sign him to a reasonable contract, and he comes back and he plays well for them. So they just do a great job of putting the talent around Patrick Mahomes at lower cost so they can have a significant investment in him and select other players. And I think it's just going to keep going. Three Super Bowl appearances, two wins over the last five years, And I think in the next five years, I think it's reasonable to assume if we look at at it, Chris, in five-year chunks, and let's say 15 years from Mahomes, let's not assume he's going to play 20, even if it's 15. I think it's reasonable one or two every five years, maybe three in a five-year period at some point. And he's got a chance to catch Tom Brady. If I'm Brady, I'm revisiting already my retirement decision, thinking maybe I should just go to San Francisco and get number eight if they'll have me. Maybe I do need number eight. Just just pull that pull that stake out one step farther to make it a little bit harder for Mahomes because I think Brady's going to be sweating out the next 15 years wondering whether or not Mahomes is going to catch him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I certainly think he's going to be relevant and in the Super Bowl conversation for the next 10, 12 years. There's no doubt about that. You know, how many chances do they get i mean look at that right there you want to talk about look at that right there you so this is a great leave this up here for a second before i even get into what i was going to say see this is what i'm trying to explain to people when they say wait what one guy got to build himself through team play and you know hey we'll run the ball i'll be you know high percentage passes be clutch and our defense will have unbelievable game plans Look at this. This is pretty amazing. When you look at 11 and 3 is the part I'm looking at. You know, here we are, three Super Bowl wins for Brady, two for Mahomes, right? At the age of 27, 11 postseason touchdowns to three interceptions. And in that same comparison, there's Patrick Mahomes, who it was always just about him from the get-go. It's 35 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Almost more than three times the amount. No, that that's speaking to what you're talking about, Mike. The greatness of Patrick Mahomes. It's it's almost being overlooked a little bit. He he was so good right away that we've become a little numb to it. 
And that's where, you know, you saw me a few times last week kind of lose my crap or get emotional about it because I just I don't understand it. Um, but he, he's special, to your point. And they're going to have a lot of cracks at it. It's just, do they get there? Do they win? And, you know, to that, Mike, I think with the Brady comparison, we're going to get to the phase here and what you were talking about, their ability to, you know, draft and develop and the value free agents. They're going to start getting all the free agents who are like, ah, I'm at the end of my career. I don't need any more big money paydays. I'd like to go play with the Chiefs in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. They're getting to that point, too, now, where they're, they're going to get the gravy train of people jumping on here. And I think that could be cool or fun to watch, too. That's one of the ingredients to sustaining those runs, right. bringing in veteran players who are beloved, who haven't won a Super Bowl and want to get one before. Carlos Dunlap. Exactly. Right. Here's, here's the, the reality, though, as it relates to what we've seen from Mahomes so far. And I don't know whether I said this on the show yesterday. I did several different radio spots after we were done. It came up a couple of times. We've seen them get to the AFC Championship game and host it each of the five years that Patrick Mahomes Insane. has been the starter, which is incredible. Insane. But, but let's go all the way back to 2018. If D4 doesn't jump offside, yeah. it's Super Bowl that year. Right. In 2021, if they don't feel compelled to force feed the ball to Tyree Kill up 21-10 just before the half, instead of taking 24-10, trying to get it to 28-10, maybe it's five straight Super Bowl appearances. And and I'm going to take it all the way back to 2017 when Alex Smith was struggling. If they put Patrick Mahomes in in November and he does what he did – the following September when he took the league by storm. And I think he would have if they would have unleashed the Kraken then. I'm with you. We could be looking at six straight Super Bowl appearances by the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know that it's difficult and it's one little thing here and one little thing there. Look, they, they it felt like they were going to lose to the Bengals in the AFC Championship this year until Chris Jones forces the intentional grounding, sacks Joe Burrow, the Chiefs get the ball. Joseph Asai hits him out of bounds, and they get the the makeable field goal to win the game. I mean, it's it's not easy no, when you're in those final stages. And right. even in the Super Bowl, I mean, it was hardly easy. But yeah. when the dust settles on two championships in three or in four years, excuse me, and three Super Bowl appearances in four years, and the guy's only 27 – and it feels sustainable. It feel like, and he's only going to get better. That's the thing that folks yeah. don't realize. Right, just starting the prime of his career, and he's going to get to that point where he's seen it all. He walks up to the line. He knows who's going to be open. He's running that offense. He's not going to have to do the hair on fire scrambling around trying to find something's open because the play that was called didn't work. The play that was called is going to start working at some point all the time because he's going to know what he's seeing pre-snap. He's going to know where the guy's going to be. He's going to be able to get rid of the ball. And and I think and and Chris, this is a phase that is coming maybe 10 years from now, maybe 8 years from now when he loses just enough of his natural ability to run around and extend plays, he'll have the mental acuity like a Tom Brady. He's going to make that adjustment at some point. Right. From a guy who buys time with his legs to a guy who can get rid of the ball in the pocket before the walls close in, and that will extend his career. I mean, you know, I, I, 
I'm only going to assume 10 more years from Mahomes, but it's not unreasonable to assume 15 more years, which would put him at 42. I mean, he gets to 20 years as a starter, three years younger than Tom Brady. He's got – and people – see, I think there's pushback against this because the fans of the other teams don't want to concede that the bulk of the next decade is going to be Kansas City Chiefs territory. But get used to it. you got to deal with the Chiefs in the AFC. you got to deal with the Chiefs if you're the best team in the NFC. You know, every other year, three out of four years, whatever it is, that's going to be the team you have to deal with in the Super Bowl. It makes it harder to win. So, yeah, it's it's and, and this is what the NFL doesn't want. This is the kind of a league that Pete Rozelle hated when it was Steelers and Cowboys and Raiders and same and same. We want parity. This is a team that turns parity on its head. And, it, it you know, we know how hard it is to create a dynasty in the NFL. We just get past the Patriots dynasty where they're winning all the Super Bowls. And now here come the Chiefs. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, you're seeing people that are mastering this the new current system finally to go, hey, yeah, there's parity, but we're still good at our jobs and we're better than this group here. And we figured it out and we can sustain it. And we're watching it, you know, right in front of our eyes. So you're, you're, you're right about that. And, and no, Mike, we saw you know, the, the, a little bit of what you were talking about. I mean, I'm with you. He's certainly, like we discussed yesterday, his arm ain't going anywhere. So he's going to be able to still throw lasers at the age of 40. He will. And we saw an adjustment in game play and style of play this year to a degree. We talked about it a lot when we just were talking a little bit about, you know, all the, hey, we saw here in the playoffs with that, with the bum ankle, he was capable of kind of doing what you're saying. Wait, I'm going to do it with my brain. I'm going to get the ball to my hands. And we kind of saw that next phase of uh, what he could do or, or just playing the game a little bit more surgicality wise, right? My favorite word in the English language, but, but to Mike, I, I wouldn't, you know, to piggyback a little off of what you're saying here, because, yeah, I think the Chiefs are the team of teams right now. I, the way it's shaken up, I almost feel like we almost got like an 80s vibe right now. I wouldn't be shocked if like, yeah, the Chiefs are the 49ers, but it's like, hey, then the Bills win one and the Bengals win one and then the Chiefs win one and then, hey, here come the Bengals again and then. It's the Bills again, and then, you know, maybe some other team jumps into the mix. You know, the Chargers, whoever. I, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that we might be setting up here for, like, an AFC run. But, uh, of course, the Eagles, the 49ers are two teams that they're not going anywhere here in the, in the short period of time either to where they might upset that. But we could be looking at a little bit of a cool AFC, the same three or four teams playing in the AFC championship divisional round for quite some time, and of course, yeah, I expect this team to be there more times than not. Who's more likely to win a Super Bowl first, the Bills or the Bengals? Man, I think right now I look at the Bengals being a little bit more set up. I, but, but, but you know, yeah, the Bills, as we talked about, I think they're just there needs to be a few more Jimmys and Joes on the roster that you know can make some some plays. You know, like a Kadarius Tony or somebody that can just go outside the realm of always the scheme and the playbook, like we discussed kind of when their run came to the end. To me, the Bengals are one of those teams that are like the Chiefs. They have those guys. Not only are they good in their system and they believe, but I look at them as a team that's like, oh, hey, the bright lights are on. Let's go. Let's, do, let's duke it out. I'm ready. 
right? They kind of have that feel. I think that's why we thought they were a team that, ooh, is scary for the Chiefs because they're one of the few teams that you're like, they're not going to buckle under the bright lights of pressure here. Um, so I'll go with the Bengals, Mike. What about you? I agree. It's the Bengals, and I think the pressure right now, 2023, higher than ever on the Bills, on the front office, on the coaching staff. Josh Allen I hear you. said recently on the Kyle Brant's Basement podcast, you don't want to fall into the same routine, not making it there and going and spending time there, putting the attention on the wrong thing, I guess you could say. Been there, done that. There's some good money-making opportunities there, but I'm at the point where I'd rather be playing in the game than getting the payoffs. And he went on to praise the Chiefs and how good the Chiefs are and how they've got it all figured out. And the, the final quote from the item we posted yesterday, you've got to find ways to be like them. And... I, I really do. And, and look, I'm, I'm not going to tiptoe around it anymore. I think if the Bills don't make a very deep run this year in the po- in the postseason, they're going to they're going to clean some house. They're going to fire Sean McDermott. They're maybe going to fire Brandon Bean. I think that the Pagulas at some point are going to say, we've got this potential generational talent, too. What's the difference here? Why is it the Chiefs in the conversation every year and we can't? even get to a Super Bowl. We get to the AFC Championship game once. We can't get past the divisional round. We lose at home 27 to 10 to the Bengals. Are you kidding me? We need to do something more here. And and you look at how the Chiefs are acquiring and developing talent. You look at how the Bills are acquiring and developing talent. There's a difference and there's a gap. And and I just and and I'm not I'm not advocating for anyone to lose their job. I'm just saying this is the way it goes. This is the burden of having Josh Allen, of having the second best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. You know, we we had Mahomes and Allen equal. Right now, Mahomes is a step ahead, I yeah. think, a half step ahead. Yeah. But Burrow's still probably right Allen. there too. I mean, yeah. Burrow might and be if, ahead of Allen right now. It's close, if, right? If the Bills don't start doing more with Josh Allen, and and at some point I think the fans are gonna cry out for this. What the hell are we doing here? Why are the Chiefs the ones who have the hardware? Why can't we get back to a Super Bowl? It's been 30 years and we have Josh Allen. And with each year, there's going to be more pressure. There's going to be more pressure. There's going to be more pressure on the Bills. And I think at some point, if they don't get it done this year, at some point I think that reset button is going to be hit with Josh Allen still being the center of the universe but with someone else setting the table around them. Well, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I, I do think there's a lot of pressure on them. Uh, I, I agreed. They're a team that's been in that, you know, proverbial Super Bowl window here and, and just can't seem to get over the hump to where, yeah, you know, the pressure starts to mount, you know, around the situation. You know, yeah, you're, you're saying it right. The owner, the GM, the head coach, they all start to feel it. You know, Josh Allen, I think what he's saying there is, yeah, you know, it, it, it's – you don't want to get comfortable being the bridesmaid because that's you know you just get viewed as that as all the time you know for lack of a better way to say it and yeah they 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 want to be you know the the main guy at some point here and they have not been able to you know slay the king and and the chiefs and you know stumbled into some other places but um, yeah you're right uh, I I don't disagree with what you're saying there at all and I think we're both in agreement that you know again when you name some of the top players from the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the 49ers, and then you go to the Bills, you go, well, the Bills, they only got two guys kind of in that conversation. And then it would be a whole bunch of, you know, Eagles, Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers players before you even get back to a Bills guy. I think that's where we, we see a difference in their team right now. So, And, Mike, you know, the other thing, too, with Kansas City 
and, and that I just find intriguing. You know, they're just they're out of the woods with the Mahomes contract. And I don't get a sense that he really gives a damn or he's worried about, oh, man. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is, I think, the sixth highest paid quarterback as we stand right now. I'm sure a few quarterbacks are going to pass him this offseason. He's going into the next year as far as the 2023 season. You know, he's got a big cap number, but he's only, he's going to get $40 million in cash. I mean, his numbers the next few years, 40 37, 41, 41, 59, which, okay, 59 in 2027, that's nothing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers making 60 this year. So you look at it and go, wow, what a contract, and they're going to continue to be able to build as they go on here, and I don't get the impression that he's going to, you know, ask for more here anytime soon. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's the one gripe I would have with him. It hurts other quarterbacks. Yeah. There was a period of time where the market for the highest paid quarterbacks wasn't going up because Tom Brady Tom Brady's fault right take every last penny that he could get and look it's all worked out well for Tom Brady elsewhere but you know to the extent that there is at some level and I've heard this from others justifying their own selfishness which is fine it's okay to be selfish look everybody else is getting paid the owners get 50 cents on the dollar the players get the rest it's up to the teams to figure out how to work the salary cap Peyton Manning's attitude always was it's my job to get paid as much as possible it's your job to manage the salary cap they have the ability with draft picks every year to get players at a low cap number and keep them around. And the Chiefs are doing a good job of it. I'm looking at the Mahomes contract now. He's got a roster bonus of $34.4 million with a base salary of of 5.5, not 35.5, 5.5. That gets him right up to 40 for the year. And you look into this con- this contract lasts until 2031. Right. And the whole idea was when he signed this deal, because it was a mistake, I was against it. It's the only thing he's ever done that I've criticized. And there's been talk that his agent – just wanted to be able to say we got a half-billion-dollar contract. Uh, well, if you extend it enough years, yeah, it's going to be a half-billion dollars. But it's not about maximizing the guy's year-in and year-out revenue that the Chiefs will take care of it at some point. Well, you're trusting them to do something they're not required to do. And if Patrick Mahomes isn't rattling any cages to get more money, why would they? No. Why would they? No, I know. Sorry, buddy, you signed the contract through 2031. There's an element, too, of ego and pride that comes into this. You signed the contract that ties your hands through 2031, that commits you to the team. And if you start asking for more, you are implicitly acknowledging you did a bad contract. So, you know, and and, and, and look, the, 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 how much is enough? That's right. right. How That's much the is conversation. I, but, but, you know, but I Chris, know. I but know. Chris, tell it to the people with the super yachts. I know. How much is enough? I hear you. To them. I they know. grab every last penny they can. I'm getting triggered on this. The oligarchs grab every last mother effing penny they can, <laughs> and we never say anything about it. I know. We, never say, we just say, oh, Titans of industry, well done. Capitalism, yes. Go rich people. But when a player, God forbid, when a player breathes a word about maybe getting more for being the one out there, putting his life on the line, literally, as we saw six weeks and three days ago with DeMar Hamlin. Oh, he's a selfish bastard. Oh, how dare you want more money? You don't care about your team. You don't care about winning. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you got the owner of the team kicking back, sailing around the Mediterranean on the $300 million yacht, 
bought and paid for by the fact that all of this benefits them. This whole mindset of don't be selfish, player. Don't demand too much money, player. How dare you want that money? And that money just keeps pouring into the pockets of the people who need it far less. The last people on earth who need that money are the ones who are getting more of it. It's amazing to me. Sorry. Yeah. No, so I, I got, listen, I, 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 I don't. It pisses me off. I, that, I hear you. We, you know, we lump the millionaires and the billionaires into the same bucket. Folks, there is a fundamental difference between millionaires and billionaires. It is three zeros. It is a huge difference. And most of the billionaires aren't just one billion. It's, it's, it's you multiple, got one billion. Right? That ain't enough to own a team. You got 70 billion in Denver, which is one of the three owners. The other two are billionaires as well. Are you kidding me? No, I, and we I know. get mad when players want more. Get the f out of here with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, listen. A lot of these owners, the the the, the money they spend on the team and all that, it's kind of like fu money, anyways. It's like it's not like really ending their their life. I know a few of them are the family business, and but but I hear you. It's a messed up system. It is. You know, it's it's it, it, it uh, uh, it's uh, it's certainly swayed to the owners in a huge capacity more than any other sport. I think there is some argument to be made. You know, the salary cap, the non-guaranteed contracts are what make the sport really awesome to a degree. But yeah, would I like to see the players get a little bit bigger piece of the pie? A hundred percent. No doubt about that. You know, again, not only the money that we talk about, that you're talking about, that the owners rake in every year, the appreciation of the the franchises themselves is like gigantic. If they made zero dollars, their their appreciation of the the the, the organizations and they want to sell it is is huge money, as we know. But uh, the the thing with Mahomes and getting back to that, I think he's very legacy aware. I do. I don't. I think he's a little like what you were talking about. He's like, what's the difference if I got $320 million in the bank and I had $350 million in the bank? I know there's a big difference, but when you start to get to those kind of numbers, it's not that big of a difference. And I do think, like, Mike, to something else that plays a, a factor here, because now we've hit this stage, Mahomes has become such a star now. See, this is where it happened with Brady that he could swallow I'm taking less because he can go, I can make whatever I want in the offseason. I can make whatever I want in endorsements now. Anything my name is next to is going to be, you know, a six-figure deal. You know, oh, you want me to do two commercials? Yeah, that's going to be, you know, $12 million or you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's going to be huge money for whatever he does now because he, you know, is now an officially an all-time great. Officially. I still think it's all bullshit. So because the, every dollar he leaves behind, yeah, is going into ownership's pocket. And this whole mindset, everything you're saying, Chris, and I know you believe it. You're a product of the system. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. Yeah. For me, the, the moment of awakening came during the lockout in 2011. That's when I began to think of it differently. The idea that the players have no equity. All the players have is their ability to earn money during that relatively limited slice of their lives where someone will pay them a lot of money to play football. And the moment that goes away, they're done. Hey, if Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden becomes Russell Wilson, you think they're going to keep him? You think they're going to pay him all that money? No, I they're know. They're going to tear it up and they're going to because it's in the best interest of the team to find a better quarterback. So, 
I, I and and look, there's no easy way to navigate this. But the reality is, what's the difference between 320 million and 350 million? It's 30 million. And you know who thinks that way? The people who have 30 billion. I know, I know. But when you're chasing, ever, they, they, when you're chasing five more rings or five more trophies, and if that's what you got to do. To be, again, your end goal is to be the greatest of all time. I just know me. I'd go, screw it. I don't care. I want to be the greatest of all time. I'll take $320 million, Screw the $350 million, And that's the kind of guy we're talking about here. You know that, that, and, and it sucks, Mike, because you're right. They use it against you. They're using it against his love of the game and the love of the sport all against him. And that's where it does suck. But a guy like Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow – are gonna so go okay fine I'm I'm just gonna have to deal with it because I I want to be the greatest. There's a point where you just say you know what I've already won my championships I'm already in the Deion Sanders upper room at the Hall of Fame I'm I'm just I'm getting mine I'm getting mine because the moment that I can't play anymore they're not gonna pay me anymore and why is it incumbent on me like oh it should be enough that you can leverage your fame. And make money elsewhere. I still, yeah, this is a conversation. That no, we'll it's a good conversation. You know, it is. It's a good conversation. It's a, tough, it's a tough needle to thread. It is. Because you're preying upon the desire yeah. of a player to win championships, to have those parades, to be regarded as the greatest of all time. You know how much money you get for being the greatest of all time? Nothing. Yeah, There's no I know. paycheck. Right. They don't have a special fund that pays cash to the greatest of all time. It's just recognition. And, you know, I, well, there's a lot of endorsements that come with it. There is. We've yeah. seen that. I mean, that, that you can't argue that. And you can launch your own business. I mean, look, it's right. a platform that can become whatever you want it to right. be. But still, the money is flowing through like never before. Record billions, 17 billion on the way to the 25 billion that Roger Goodell has envisioned. The owners are getting half that plus 100% of the equity, and the players get manipulated by fans and media and their own ego. Like, you know, it's a different kind of selfish to want to be the greatest of all time. You want to set yourself above and beyond every other player. There's selfishness in that. Yeah. It's just directed differently. So the oligarchs have found a way to redirect the selfishness into something that allows them to keep more of their money. Don't you want to be the greatest of all time? Boy, I wish you were the greatest of all time because you know what? If you are, it doesn't cost me a penny. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. All right. But one thing I want to, one last thing I want to say about that. Just one last thing. Cause I mean, I, I think it is a good conversation. We hit it all. And I think that's why we're sitting here back to the, the real point of this, why we think Kansas city is going to be hanging around for a while. Because Mahomes, I don't think, is going to be asking for anything, and he wants all those legacy things that you talked about. The other thing, too, is like the great quarterbacks in a lot of ways, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Burrow, whatever, even Brady, I, don't, I think there's a part of them, too, that looks at it and goes, I don't really think I'm five times better than some of these players on my roster who are making $8 million or $9 million a year. Right. So there's a little bit oh, of that. Yes. I know. Well, there's a little of the human element. And here's the biggest thing. The, the biggest thing to the market and to what you're talking about. And if Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Burrow aren't going to strike for every last dollar they can. The one thing I want to see them do is when then the next CBA comes up, they need to be at front and center and fight for the rest of the league to get a bigger piece of the pie. 
That's to me where the last generation dropped the dropped the 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 what do the what do you say drop the ball. the ball exactly <laughs> yes that that to me is where Peyton Manning Brady Drew Brees Aaron Rodgers at the time he was still very young they didn't they weren't they should have been at the front of the line standing up against the owners in the last CBA and I think they kind of took a back seat because they didn't want to be the bad guy. And I hope this group doesn't do that going forward. It's all part of the psychology. It's all part of the fact that the fans and the media are wired to side with the billionaires in a fight between owners and players. We root for the laundry. That's the old Jerry Seinfeld bit. We root for the laundry, and the laundry changes out regularly from player to player to player but the team is always the same we naturally are inclined to support the team and in so doing we support the owners and in our view collectively millionaire and billionaire is the same thing folks it is not and meanwhile they're just sitting back and making more and they're making more and the players are getting are they're getting adequate compensation but is it fair for what they do is it fair for what they bring to the table should patrick mahomes not be making more than the commissioner the commissioner the last we heard was 60 that's a valid point should should he not be making more than the guy who doesn't ever walk than anyone who ever owners are a different thing because they actually have the equity any employee of the owners which the commissioner is there should be no one who isn't playing that's making more than the best player in the NFL. And what, what's the commissioner going to make? We don't know anymore because of that whole stupid tax-exempt league office thing that was a PR mess, and it got turned into you know the league keeping all of that secret now. We don't know how much Goodell makes. Maybe he's making twice what Mahomes makes which is a problem if it's true. All right, let's take a break. Hey, wait, wait, this just in. Roger Goodell's on line one. He wants to talk to you, Mike. Hold on. We'll get to Hey, Roger, hold on. We'll be, he'll be back with you here at at the break. We're about to take a commercial. (laughs) Maybe his microphone will actually work. Maybe 60 million a year buys you a microphone that works. Probably does. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.